in the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel, if you so desire to read with me, and begin with the 31st verse. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said unto Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. And thy servant slew both a lion and a bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. May the Lord add his blessings to this word. Just for a few moments now, I want to speak on this great warrior David. And tomorrow night, God willing, I want to speak on Joshua the warrior. Now, tonight being David's night, David has always had a real place in my heart because he was, he was a, God said to him, a man after his own heart. I like to see people who know where they're standing, who knows what they're talking about. I like to hear people talk no matter what they are, what religion they belong to, or what subject they're talking on if they know what they're talking about. And I, I like that. And David was a little shepherd lad. He lived in Bethlehem with his father, which was in the tribe of Ephraim, and a noble little fellow, the eighth child of this father, Jess, which was an Ephraimite. And David, from the very beginning of his days, born here on this earth, he knew that God was with him. Before he was ever blessed and anointed, he knew God was with him. If you watch the story real close, how that God, last night we were speaking on the same thing, that gifts and callings are without repentance. It's God's election and foreknowledge and what makes the thing so. If we have a desire, the Bible said it's not him that willeth or him that runneth. But it's God that showeth mercy. See, it's not whether you will or whether you want to or where your desires is. It's whether it is God's will or not. And we have to find out God's will. And if it's that perfect, we can just set our face to that and say, this is it. And we can run right on the way the will of God runs. Now, we know it's God's will to save the lost. We know it's God's will to heal the sick. Now, if we can positionally place ourselves in his will, it's over. This little audience tonight, how many sick people's in here? Let's see your hands. Sick people wants to be prayed for. Raise up your hands anywhere. I just look. There's no. We, we should go home tonight perfectly well. Look at the others saying, by the way, if you're still here, some of the people send in their testimonies. My outstanding. Even Brother Joseph is getting them to place in his magazine. Testimony. What the Lord did for the people out there. Just as soon as they were spoke to or received the faith, how the Lord Jesus come down with great power and manifested himself to them, healed them of all kinds of diseases, has departed from the people, diseases that the doctors couldn't even control, has already, since we've been right here in Chicago, the Lord has healed them and they're well now. They're, here's living testimonies, going home, finding their loved ones healed and everything, just the way the Lord speaks it. Run it back on the tape and see what he says. Watch if that ain't right. See, just what he says, that's just what's going to be. And now, David... Positionally, he was born by election, which God said gifts and callings are without repentance, and he was born, elected a servant of the Lord. And when he was a, a little boy, Israel had, during that day, had got away from God. They went out and chose themselves a king. They wanted to act like the rest of the nations, like the Gentiles. God was their king, but they wanted to act like the rest of the people. That's when they got in trouble. And whenever you try to impersonate someone else, look out for trouble. You can, Brother Upshaw had a little slogan he used to say, you can't be nothing that you hate. <laughs> That's right. 
You can't be nothing that you hain't. So just keep that in mind. And so when you come to try to impersonate something, why, you're just putting on, God knows about it and the people knows it also. And so you just might as well just be yourself. And if Israel had just stayed in that condition, but they said, well, now look, the rest of the nations has uh, got a king, so why can't we have a king? That's what happened to you Pentecostal people. When you thought, well, the rest of the churches, they all go to shows, and they, their women cut their hairs off, and they, they wear short dresses, and they say they're Christians, why can't we? There you are. Thank you. I'm glad to hear you say that. Thank you. That's right. An old Methodist preacher used to say, we let down the bars, we compromise with sin. We let down the bars, the sheep got out, but how did the goats get in? You let down the bars. That's, that's it. That's true. I don't think I've got a measuring stick. I have not, but I, I have seen what the gospel does to a person when it really gets a hold of them. It makes you look different, act different, dress different, walk different. You're different all the way around. That's right. And just let down the bars once and watch how the goats get in. But now, Israel wanted to impersonate the other people. And that's what the church wants to do. They impersonate to become a backslidden condition. And in this condition, then, what did they do? They got him a king. And they selected this king. They went to find their king, and when they did, they found the biggest, handsomest man they could find. Great, big seven-footer with black, shaggy hair, dark, sparkling eyes that would be attractive to the people. And they thought, he'll make a wonderful king. But as God said to Samuel, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. When Israel selected their king, they wanted a great, big, handsome, strong-looking fellow, big shoulders and straight, standing head and shoulders above all of his army. But when God selected his king for them, a little old ruddy, sapling-looking kind of a fellow, looked like a little sissy, and that was God's pick of it. What a difference. <laughs> See the difference in it? That's just the way God does things sometimes. He does it in such ways that so contrary, so different from what we think. The doctors say, well, that case is going to die with TB. How can he ever get well? That's the doctor's opinion. He's looking at it from a medical standpoint, but not from God's standpoint. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. That's the next thing, see. And one looks at it from one way, one looks at it from a from wisdom sense, and the other looks at it from spiritual sense. So it's just whichever way you base your faith. If the doctor says it's finished and you believe that, that settles it. That's right. But if the doctor says it finishes, then you don't believe it because God said something different. Watch what happens. See? This depends on which way you let yourself go. Who you yield your members to, that's whose servant you are. Now, not nothing against doctors now. Remember, I believe doctors, I have I say that because many times people go around and say, Well, a fellow shouldn't have a doctor. I'll disagree with you. No, sir, they're God's agents. Just the same as you need your automobile, that's a scientific discovery. That's right. You get along a lot better with your doctor, but the doctor isn't your healer. God's your healer. That's right. Your doctor's only assistant to God. That's right. But when the doctor's gone as far as he can go, that's his limit. And he can only work on what he can see and what he can feel. That's all he knows about. But God controls the rest. And the doctor doesn't heal anyhow. He can set your arm, but when he leaves the house, your arm's not healed. He just sets your arm and let God heal it. When he got appendicitis, he takes the appendix out and leaves it there for God to heal. That's all. Pulls the tooth out, leaves it there for God to heal. Because medicine doesn't build uh, tissue. It doesn't, it doesn't do that. It's not made. Only life can build tissue, and God is life. So they cannot heal, not one thing. They don't claim to. They just simply uh, set the bone, take the operation, give medicine to keep clean and so forth while God does the healing. That's just simple. So don't disregard your doctor. If he's a good doctor, a Christian doctor, you know what? In my travels, I have, in, in the overall picture, and talking in clinics and everywhere where I've been interviewed, I've found more doctors believing in divine healing than I have ministers. That's the truth. Very seldom I ever hit a doctor that's a quack. That's, that's right. And most of them say, well, sure, Reverend Brandon, we don't claim to be healers. Well, my, I've seen cases that I know was gone. And see prayer, bring them people right back again. I said, well, sure, it's got to be. See, they don't claim to be healers. Now, we have some that's uh, narrow-minded and selfish and thinks that they do it, so he never gets anywhere anyhow. Just watch him. He'll fade out of the picture pretty soon. 
And a God, man that trusts God, a little friend of mine, been a wonderful little doctor. He believed in God, but he just didn't accept him. And last week, week four last it is now, he was led to Jesus Christ. He said his business and everything he picked up already, he hadn't said nothing about it. I said, don't worry, it'll come right along. You just start trusting God and watch how much more successful you are with your patients out there at the hospital and things. Put God first, pray before you go to home and so forth and find out. Lord willing, maybe tomorrow night I'll read you that article out of the paper of the American Medical Association, what they said about divine healing. Now, David, or Saul rather, when he was chosen, a great fellow, fine-looking, strappy, straight-shouldered, all great head and shoulders above his whole army. They said, that's our king. And what did it lead him to? Finally, a backslidden condition. And their king backslidden. And now, when God seen that their choice was no good, God went to choose him a king. So he told Samuel, said, fill up the horn with oil and go out to Jess, and I'll and call his sons up, and I'll tell you when I get there who I have chosen, who I have chosen to be king. So he went out there, and so Jess thought too, like Saul or Samuel rather, that this great big fine young, the oldest one of all of them, would come out, his big strapping looking fellow. He said, this is the one to be king. So he marched out there with his head up, you know, like people anywhere. They just, that's the psychological effect it has on the people. Now the man here in the city wants to become religious. The first thing he'll hunt for is one of the biggest churches he can find in the city, with all the crucifix hanging all around and the great stained windows and the plush pews and everything, that's where he thinks he finds God because it's big and, and maybe he may be a dignitary and maybe the celebrity does go there, but that don't mean God's there. Right. Usually God's choice is a little old mission down here on the corner somewhere where they're beating a tambourine and clapping their hands. Sometimes that's where God's at. That's right. See, but the human side, the humanistic spirit, they look for that big, bright, shiny something and um, jump at everything they see shiny. But all the glitters is not gold. <laughs> you can remember that. And then they, that's what's happened to the world today. They have turned down the real simple gospel of Jesus Christ and went out to something great, scholarly, educated, smart, shrewd, studied psychology and got the bachelor's degree and all other things, you know, and the great fine millions of dollars in churches. I want to ask you something. Why are you building churches with millions of dollars and preaching Jesus Christ is coming soon? I can't get that to you. I can't see it. If Jesus is coming soon, what do we care about? Let's, let's go get people saved. That's the main thing. Jesus never did say build big churches. No, he never. He never did say have seminaries. I ain't got nothing against churches, big churches. They're all right. I haven't got nothing against seminaries. They're all right. But Jesus never commissioned us to do that. He never said build big churches or have seminaries. He never said build hospitals or schools. But they're all right. Remember, I have nothing against them. But the very principle that he said for us to do, we've let out and tucked secondarily. We have built great hospitals and schools and great places and, and seminaries and educated our preachers to make them so they can speak with very fine, swell words and use the psychology and stand stiff and say, ah, man, just as polite as it can be and all of that. And what has it got us? A big bunch of backslidden people. Right. Right. Nothing but a bunch of cold, formal, indifferent churches is as cold as zero weather, spiritually speaking. I don't say that for jokes because this is no place to joke, but I say that for the truth. That is the truth. And how it's got us into the place. How we want the big things, though. My, yes, we, we want to, some man's got a business and he wants to get with the businessman. He'll go to the biggest church there is in the city and take his seat back there, put his name on the book. Many times, just exactly like Israel did when they chose Saul, the head and shoulders above everything else, you know, and that's where you get into trouble. But God told Samuel, said, get a cruise to Arles and go out there, and I'll tell you who to anoint. Well, Jesse come out there, brought his oldest son out, which was a great big six-footer or better, said, that's the one to be king, and he passed by. Samuel got the oil cruise and said, surely that's him. And when he passed by, God said, that's not him, I've refused him. <laughs> My <laughs> He said, well, this fellow's nearly his size. We'll bring him out. He's a big, handsome-looking fellow. He looked good with that crown sitting on the side of his head and his new suit on. How he looked to stand before the people. That's the way people judge their pastors today. What a shame. Right. And so when he passed by, Samuel got his cruise oil and run a port on him. He said, don't receive him. I've refused him. <laughs> and he kept on bringing him out till he got down to the seventh one. That was it. Samuel said... Well, is that all you got? He said, that's all I got. He said, yes. Oh, I got a little scrub. 
back out there herding sheep somewhere. So we'll go get him. Said so we're not going to sit down until we go get him. So they went back there and I could see someone with a discouraged look on their face and thinking, well, surely that wouldn't be the king. So they, uh, that's the way people think today. If there's anything that's such a divine healing, it wouldn't be in a mess of people like that. <laughs> anything like the power of God, it wouldn't be on. I had a woman, a, a news reporter, tell me up in Oregon one day. She said, well, if there was anything to it, it would be amongst a bunch of illiterate things like you teach to. I said, you don't think so? Go on up to your big church and die then. I said, if you want to get healed, come on down there. She said, but before I'd get down there and boo-hoo like them others do, she said, that makes shivers right over my back when I hear them do that. I said, you'd freeze if you ever got to heaven, because you're going to hear plenty of it up there. That's right. I said, I'll tell you one thing. I said, if you can't, just like Naaman, he said, isn't the waters just better over here in my country than them old muddy waters of Jordan? And he turned around and started back, all puffed up. He didn't want to humble himself. And he said, all right, if you want to go all back with your leprosy, go on. So when he got off his high horse and got down there and humbled himself and dipped in the muddy waters where God told him to dip, he got rid of his leprosy. Right? You've got to come God's way, not your way, his way. And notice how I can see David then. Here he comes running in with a little shepherd's coat on, made out of sheepskin perhaps, and runs in a little old sissy-looking boy. The Bible said he was ruddy. And he wasn't nothing but just a little old spindly fellow, kind of a sissy fair look at, little bitty old fellow running there. And the Holy Ghost come upon the prophet and said, pour the oil on his head. I've chose him. What a disappointment it was to all them people standing there expecting these big men and big, handsome, strong-looking fellows to be king. But he poured the oil on little old David's head. And from that day, the Holy Spirit was with David. God was with him. He went back out into the wilderness happy. They went all back down, and the Spirit departed from Saul. He backslid and went so far away from God until the Spirit had left him, and an evil spirit took his place. Come on, Saul. And Saul was all moody and in a bad humor and kicking things around and all out of sorts like some people get on Monday morning. So they, he was out of sorts all the time. Did you know that's the evil spirit? Exactly. So they didn't, the doctors couldn't do him any good. They had a lot of doctors around there, but they couldn't help that because it was a spiritual condition. So one of the men had passed around and seen a few places. They said, well, we know where there's a divine healer at. Why, who would that be? He said, Jess has got a son back out there. He, yeah, he's a divine healer. Sure he was. He healed by music. Amen. That's what he did. He had a gift of casting out evil spirits. The Holy Ghost hadn't come in those days, so he cast them out by music, playing the words of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. And it disturbed the evil spirits so much that they left Saul. Shame on you people who don't believe in string music. No wonder. Evil spirits never like it. They have to get away. <laughs> David cast out devils by playing on his string instruments. That's what the Scripture says. That's right. And when David would begin to play, the evil spirit would leave Saul. Is that right? Yeah. So this little boy was born in the world for a purpose. You believe that? Yeah. And he knows God was with him. Sure he did, because he'd been able to... He was a crack shot. He was a woodsman. And he had a little slingshot out there, and an old lion got a, a bear one day, running, grabbed a little sheep that started out with it, and David took his sling and knocked the lion down and tucked the sheep out of his mouth. And when the lion rolls up, come to himself and rolls up, David just caught him with a beard and gave his hunting knife to him, and that ended it. So he knew God was with him. He killed the bear also. And he knew God was with him. And now the next thing he did, played and cast out devils. If that ain't a spirit-filled man, I never seen one. He might be a little and ruddy, but he was a spirit-filled man. God was with him. And then the first thing you know, they broke out of war, and the Philistines come over and said, Well, we're just going to have war with Israel. And Saul got all these people, sent that little old ruddy boy back over on the hillside there to watch his daddy's sheep. And so then he sent the big warriors out to fight the battle. Said, That little old fellow can't fight, so we put him back out there with the sheep. So we'll just send his great big man out there to do the job. So he sent all of his boys out and give them the sword and so forth and their spears. And they were trained warriors. They went out there with all their PhDs and everything to fight the battle. The enemy's always there to challenge them. So there come a big fella out, Goliath, nine foot three inches tall. Great big fella. Walked out and said, I'll make you a proposition. While all these men die, I said, send me a man over here 
and let me fight him, and if he kills me, we'll be your servants. If I kill him, you'll be our servants. Sure, the enemy, when he's got the edge on you, he likes to boast and carry on like that. Oh, he gives a big boast. So every one of them, all of them big degrees, they were shivered. They were scared of that fellow because he was a, a big man. So he boasted like that for 40 days. Did you ever notice 40 is a is the number of temptation? Certainly is. Moses was in the mount for 40 days, come back and was tempted. Jesus went into the wilderness 40 days and was tempted. 40 days of temptation. Rain 40 days and so forth. 40 is God's number of temptation. And then along, Jesse went out and got his little boy and said, David, go over and get some bread and parched corn and so forth and go up and find out how the boys are and get their pledge that they're still living right before God and come on back. So David gets his little donkey, I guess, and saddles him up and throws a parched corn and bread on it and away he went to the battle. Well, about the time he got over there into the battle that morning, they was all standing out, both armies scared. This big Goliath walks out there that morning with all of his great big pounds after pounds of breastplate on, his big shin guards and everything, walked out there and said, made his great boast and said, I defy the armies of Israel. Brother, it happened to fall on the wrong ear that morning for him. There's a little fellow standing out there and knows where he was at. <laughs> Amen. What we need tonight, somebody else who knows where they're at. What we need tonight is men and women knows their position in Jesus Christ. And when the devil makes his big boast, sure he makes his boast. He's still making his boast. We still got Goliath, and we still got David's too. Thanks be to God for that. He made his big boast and he fell on the ears of the wrong fellow. A little old fellow walked around there, he had to look up to see the man like that. But he knew that he was elected by God and had the anointing upon him. He had put God to a test and he knew who God was. He knew where he was standing. Now, I want you to notice how beautiful this is to you people. We'll hurry now because we're just about three minutes over time now. Notice, David was called by election. He was elected, called, anointed, and placed. See? Elected by God, called from sheep herding to be the king, anointed, and positionally placed. Look, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Abraham, election, Isaac, justification, and Jacob, grace, and Joseph, perfection. Nothing against Joseph. All right, there you are. Called. Are you a David? Called. Elected first by God. How many Christians here raise up your hand? You're not a Christian by your desire. You're a Christian by God's desire. Amen. No man can come to me except my Father draws him first. You are elected by God before the foundation of the world to be a Christian. That's Scripture. Jesus said, no man can come except my Father calls him. First thing, he was elected, called. Then when God elected you, then he called you and you heeded to his call. Then he poured the anointing oil on you. The Holy Ghost. When the cruise of oil, what does oil represent in the Bible? Holy Spirit. When he poured the oil upon him, he baptized him with the Holy Spirit in a symbol form. Amen. I hope you get that. That just come fresh. He poured the oil upon him, just went all over him, a whole horn full of it. Amen. Not sparingly, and that's the way God pours the Holy Ghost on a man. Not sparingly, he just baptizes him into it. Anointing him with the Spirit. Notice. He right then, when that anointing struck him, he was positionally placed as king. Amen. You are placed positionally in Christ Jesus as kings and priests. Is that right? The moment you receive the Holy Spirit, God places you in the kingdom. And there, what a beautiful picture. There you are. Abraham, election, Isaac, justification, he that's come will be justified by faith. Jacob, grace, nothing you have done but by God's mercy. And Joseph, perfection, place. Amen. David, elected, called, anointed, and placed. You, 
elected, called, anointed, and placed in the body of Jesus Christ. For by one Spirit we're all placed into the body of Christ. Positionally, have you ever tried it out yet? Every man or woman in here that's a Christian knows that something's been on you all your life. When you were a child, you longed to serve God. Something beat at your heart. It was God's election. David, before anything ever happened before, he'd ever had the anointing or on him in anything. He knew God was with him. He killed a bear. He killed a lion with that slingshot. And he knew that was super to an ordinary man to do that. He knew what he could do. He knew God was with him because his whole heart beat after God. He said in the 47th Psalm, I believe, or somewhere there, As a heart painteth after water brook, so my soul thirsts after thee, O God. No wonder he could play the evil spirits away with his music. He had something to play about. And it come from his heart. And the devil knew that was from his heart. And he knew that David was elected of God. There he was, elected, called, anointed, and positionally already king. Amen. Let me drop this on the side. Don't think I'm excited. I'm not. Look, let me drop this on the side. They who have been, how many here is justified by faith believing on the Lord Jesus Christ? Every one of you, put your hands up, is justified by faith. Is that right? The scripture says, those who he has called, he has justified, and those who he has justified, he has glorified. Amen. In the presence of Almighty God, your names indelibly wrote with the blood of Jesus Christ, glorified in his presence. Positionally place your whole earth for a purpose, to do the will of God. You see your position, Christian? Oh, my. Them fellows up there couldn't understand it, but David had the anointing all on him. He knew where he was standing. Old Goliath stood out there and he said, now look, it's reason. Why, there's no need of God's armies being defeated. Look at that fellow standing out there with his big boast. Well, we know God did it, but the days of miracles is past. Not for David. He was anointed. He knew where he was at positionally. He'd say, Brother Branham, can I accept Christ as my healer now? Certainly. Well, if I'm not well in five minutes, what about it? You're healed anyhow. If you believe it, you wouldn't ask me that question if you believed it. There's no question in your mind when you really believe it. You don't question it, you believe it. Other people might question it, but you don't question it. If you said to me, Brother Branham, give me an oak tree. You're from down in southern Indiana where they have the big white oak and so forth. Give me an oak tree and I'll give you an acorn. Well, you've got an oak tree. Potentially, it's in a seed farm, but it's an oak tree. You've got it in an acorn. When we take God's Word, we've got it in a seed farm. When we can accept divine healing by God's Word, that settles it. Amen. It'll grow. Take the old acorn and bury it in the ground stand over and watch her for a little while and see what takes place. Your oak tree comes right on up with it. Because the life is in the seed, and God's Word is the seed, and it's alive. You can just simply receive it, take it out of that Bible, and say, it means me. Amen. Then you got something. That's right. All the demons couldn't stop you from it. No matter what anybody would say, you wouldn't believe it. Because you know where you're standing. David said, you mean to tell me that you let that uncircumcised Philistine stand out there and defy the armies of the living God? Why, he said, I'll never stand for that. And so his brother said, I know your naughty heart. You come down to watch the battle and so forth. And he come up to Saul. Saul said, bring the kid up here. Let's see what he looks like. He brought him up there, a little bitty old fella. He said, well, you can't fight that man. Why, he could perhaps pick you up in one hand and hold you out. He said, but listen, Saul. He said, I trust the Lord. And I know even the way long ago, I took my slingshot and I killed a lamb, uh, a lion and I killed a bear and took the things right out of the lamb right out of his mouth and when he rolls up I, I killed him with uh, slew him he said and how much more will he give that uncircumcised Philistine into my hand uh, hallelujah there you are he knew where he was standing he was a man of faith he believed God God was in him he knew he was anointed and you know the same thing if you have, you're a Christian, and if God hadn't elected you to be a Christian, you would not be a Christian. It's God's choice, not yours. No man seeks God. 
No man seeks God at any time. You haven't sought God, but God has sought you. It wasn't you calling for God, it was God calling for you. And then when God called you, showed He elected you. You accepted the call, it was justification. Then you gave your heart to Christ and was filled with the Holy Spirit. And now you're positionally placed in the body of Christ. Now, if it made you quit your old mean habits and act like a Christian ought to, if it'll do that for you, it'll heal your body. Because it's a promise. Amen. There you are. Notice, David knew where he was standing. said, yes, sir. He knew that God was with him. So he said, I'll go fight the Philistines. So it's just like any other boy, as soon as he gets a calling to the ministry, they have to send him to the seminary right away, you see. And so they took Saul and he said, now wait, you have to do the fighting the way we want it done here. Now the first thing you have to do, you have to put your helmet on. I can imagine that little head of David, that big helmet slipping out over his head. Probably had to hold his head up like this to see. His eyes come over his ears. And then his big bonnet wouldn't fit him. So then Saul said, put on my armor and imagine a man seven foot something tall with a little man probably five foot and a half tall with his armor hanging way down here look like a skirt on him. Could you imagine? And then with his big shield and sword hanging to his side, David got dressed up like that. All that seminary experience, he said, say, I don't know about this stuff. <laughs> I don't know how to preach theology and all these other kind of things that you talk about and all these fine rosary prayers. He said, let me go in the same trust. With the same God that delivered the line into my hand. That's what we need tonight, brother. And I ain't got nothing against seminaries and against high schools and of education and so forth. But what when God calls you, go. Someone talked about practicing to be a missionary for about 15 years and send them over to Africa. Nonsense. God calls you, go. That's all. Disciples never waited for no education. None of the rest have never mounted anything ever waited for it. God calls you, he's ready for you. Get moving. The first thing you know, you'll become so indoctrinated, the little part of God that's in you will be taken out. David didn't know how to fight with them kind of clothes on. Like a man trying to preach. How can you preach when you got a great big lot of stuff in your ass and read it as fast as you can? Look up the microphone and read it as fast as you can? You couldn't do that, neither could I. Best thing to do is get out there and say, Lord, here I am. What you want me to say? Tell it to me. I'll tell him about it. Amen. Don't wait and say, now wait till Mr. Jones gets away from my side here and then. I believe it, but I'll say amen and say amen anyhow. If God says do it, that's right. Well, I know Miss Susie's sitting over there. She's living next door to me. Live right. Live right. <laughs> you ain't ashamed of your life, are you? If you are, then you need a conversion. That's right. Miss Susie would be expecting you to say amen. And if you expecting you to believe God, expecting you to produce what you talk about. Whew, that scorches, doesn't it? But it's good for you. That's right. David knew where he was standing. He said, yes, sir, God will deliver that uncircumcised Philistine in my hand. So he said, take this stuff off of me. And Paul, Saul found out that his ecclesiastical vest didn't fit a man of God. <laughs> That's right. David said, I trust this little old slingshot, so I'm going to keep right with it. And I tell you, it's the Holy Ghost that saved me. I don't care what takes place. I've known a man that received the Holy Ghost and got out on the field just to be popular and denied I know women and men that received the Holy Ghost the old-fashioned way and went out on a feeling because it's a little popularity denied anything about it. Oh, God have mercy. It's a baptism of the Holy Ghost that's brought me this far. It's baptism of the Holy Ghost. Take me on. That's all. Yes, sir. If it was good for if it was good for me back there, it's good for me right now. It will be in the hour of my death. It's the same way. If it's good for you back there, it's good for you now. It'll be good for you when you're dying. Hey, man, think of it. Here we are. David said, sure, I know how to trust this slingshot. So he goes out there and gets his, uh, gets ready to go fight. I imagine Saul said, now, if that fellow has refused my instructions and how to go and my train, my ability to train man and what kind of armors they have to have for to become a missionary or uh, whatever it is, said, wonder what in the world that kid's going to do. So I see David out there looking along, picking him up some rocks. <laughs> Would you imagine a country boy ride, picked him up some rocks, pulled out his little old slingshot and went on it like that. He said, well, wonder what he's going to do with this. He picks him up five little stones, five little stones, and he puts them down in his little um, satchel here on his side. It's a little, um, uh, the, really what it is, the scripture said it was a script bag. 
You know what they carried in that script bag? As I've oftentimes said, shepherds usually carried honey in the script bag. And when one of the sheep got sick, they got some of this honey and they pushed it put on the rock, just melted it and poured it out on the rock like that. And here come the sheep along, and he liked that sweet stuff, and he'd go to lick it on this limestone rock, and when he licked all the honey off, he got the limestone, and it healed the sick sheep. So now I've got a whole script bag full of honey here, and I'm going to put it on the rock Christ Jesus, and you sick sheep get to licking right quick, and you'll find out to be some healing take place. That's right. And we won't put it on any church, any denomination. We'll put it where it belongs, on Jesus Christ, the rock. We're all healing belongs on the rock, Christ Jesus. And so then uh, he had a little script bag. And not only that, but the script bag really, in one pocket of it, carries money. The word script means money. And so he carried his money in there. What is that? The money is a purchase of power. Here's God's script bag. Each traveler or shepherd out there has a script bag. So now if you want something out of there, some purchasing power, if you're sick, Reach down here. Let's see what I got in the script bag. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. All right. Take it out. It's the power that buys. Whatsoever thou believest, when you pray, believe you receive what you ask for. If you desire it, pray and believe you get it. You shall have it. That's in the script bag. No wonder you put the rocks in there. A good place for the rocks, wasn't it? Those rocks. Little rocks. We are rocks. It's in that script bag. Rolled up in honey. Wrapped up in script. Ma-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> And the shepherd, Christ Jesus, who never lost the battle, the shepherd of the sheep is packing the church tonight in his own glorious protection. Hey. Amen. Hey. Took five rocks. What does, what does five represent? Five stones. One of them was a J. And the other one was an E. S-U-S. Jesus. Five stones. And you are stones. In this stone, Christ Jesus. And he put them down in his little script bag so they get covered all over with honey. Not only that, but they be endued with power from on high. When God can ever get the church together again in one accord so he can endue it with power from on high. Power what? To believe his word. To make it come to pass. And here he was with all the little honey balls wrapped up now in this script bag in here. And all this honey had been in there and all this script had been in there. David laid the rocks in there. And he looked over to see where Goliath was standing. Each one of you tonight are a, a David. And when David went to meet Goliath, Goliath looked at him and laughed and said, Why, what am I, a dog? You coming out to meet me like that, a little old ruddy-looking boy? You know, he was ruddy, little. You know what Saul called him? said, Who is this stripling? <laughs> That's what Saul said. Who is that stripling out there? This little old kid, like, you know, little old sissy-looking fellow, probably shoulders stooped over. Here he comes with this little sling, but he knows God. That's the main thing. He was a believer. He was elected, he was called, he was anointed, and he was placed. Hallelujah. No matter where you're just, you thinking that? Well, Brother Bram, I wasn't called to be a preacher. You might be called to be a housewife, but you got your position in Christ Jesus by the Holy Ghost. Amen. You're just as much David as the rest of them was. The battle's on. The Philistines are standing there. Goliath made his charge. Watch him go down. So here goes David. He reaches down and looks out there and he looked, looked glass up and down like that. But beyond glass, he saw the victory because he trusted in God. He thought, how much more dangerous that lion is and Goliath. That's a wild beast. I trusted God to direct this shot of mine right straight to the head of that beast. And I can trust God to direct the shot of here for I killed the lion to save one sheep. That's right. God let me save the sheep because I had faith that he would save that sheep. God, give us some David for the sheep's sake. Right. He said, then if he's concerned about a sheep, how much more is about the entire army of the living God? And I'll not let that boaster and bragger come out there. The one using his price, I'll debate it with you anywhere. Oh, my. You'll meet a David one of these days. All right. So he run, rushed out there and he mocked him and cursed him in the name of his God and said, I'll give your flesh to the birds today and to the beasts of the field. David said, you meet me as a Philistine in the name of a Philistine with an armor and with a spear and all your psychology and theology and everything else you got over there. But said, I meet you with one thing in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Hallelujah. Now I will, but he this day will give me your head. 
Amen. And I'll throw your body of all you Philistines on the field for the wild animals and the birds to pick on. He knows where he was at. Hallelujah. Every David sitting here tonight, you're positionally in Christ. God has confirmed it. Election, calling, anointing, placing. He elected you and called you. He elected you and called you. Then he anointed you with the Holy Spirit. And now he's placed you in the body of Christ. Each one of these Davids. Where's the glass? Who's the glass, Brother Branham? That cancer's eating you up. That's right. That tumor that's hanging on you. Them cataracts on your eyes. That crippled arm. Everything looks at it and says, they can't be done. The devil said, you might as well quit believing. You might as well settle down. Because you can't never no more get well. Your doctor said so. All the rest of them said so. You can't get well. But the Christ that made you stop your drinking, smoking, lying, stealing, that saved you from a life of drunkenness, from rowing, from sin in a devil's grave. If God can do that for you, he can save you from your TV and from your cancer. He's a glass. Don't take his boast. Stand in the name of the Lord Jesus and challenge him to a showdown. Amen. I feel religious. Positionally in Christ. If the believer knows his position, he'll have it. God's great spirit is sure and his Holy Ghost is ready to fall on anybody that will believe it. Do you believe it? Amen. God has promised it. God will do it. You're in Christ. Glass of bragging. Glass says, you see, you sure last night didn't get a heal. You was at the other meeting, didn't get healed. Who is that uncircumcised devil? Who is that devil that has no relationship with God at all? Who is that devil that stands with nothing but a defeated thing behind him? His master was defeated at Calvary by our Lord and our conqueror. Hallelujah. He's a bluff. That's all. We won't believe him anymore. Down with him. Jesus Christ robbed Satan of everything he had. He spoiled principalities and powers and dominions. His domain reigns over the heavens and earth. And we're the subject of his domain. Hallelujah. Ah, that puts him where he belongs. The devil down there and Christ the victor. You're David's. You're a called, elected, anointed, positionally put in the body of Jesus Christ by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Goliath, you're defeated. Amen. He's defeated tonight. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, feeling that spirit moving. Oh, Lord. Seems as though you go walk out in midair. To feel your spirit anointing this audience. How we love you. How we praise you. Glory to your name. I pray, God of heaven tonight, that you'll anoint this audience with such power like they have never felt in this building before or any time in life. And may every one of these children, like David was, call. Father, they have to be called. Your beloved Son, the Lord Jesus, said, No man can come to me except my Father calls him. God said he called him because he elected him so. Then we are elected. Then they have been called. And they have answered the call. And you have poured out the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon them. And baptized them into the body of Christ positionally. They are the little stones in the big stone. Hallelujah. Then the devil stand there trying to bluff them. Well, Lord God, take charge of their spirits tonight, and may we cut every Philistine to the walls. Hallelujah. May Jesus Christ, the great Macalene, Son of God, the great Chief David, come tonight with his power and cut away every unbelief, cut the shackles and blackness from over the people. May that great Holy Ghost light flood this building with his presence. May this be a night like we have never seen before. Grant it, Almighty God, for your glory, in the name of your Son, for his glory, in your glory, the glory of heaven and all the holy angels. And then, Father, may they be healed for Jesus' sake. 
Amen. My. David, after he chopped off the head of Goliath, you know what he done? He held up that head, put his foot on his dead body, and held it up for a testimony to the rest of them. See what you can do, he said? That's right. Have faith in God. And then here the other night, that poor little woman from Mayo Brothers, probably sitting here tonight. They've done all they could do. Couldn't even find out what was the matter with her. They come to here. The devil said, I've got you. But faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word. She believed God. She chopped off the head of that devil, hung it up before you, said, See, I was bound in that cotton. Here I am now. So happy I can't even sleep. That's right. How about the thousands across the country today? Some of you sitting here, I get your letters where you were blind and bedridden. When I was here the last time, you walked in with the sword of the faith and chopped off the head of that glass. You're holding up tonight for your testimony. What did the rest of the army see? When they seen it could be done, they said, we can do it too, for we are Israelites also. And you're everyone, God's children, they got a right to the blessing. Pull the sword now. Let's go forth and slay these lives out of here. They strode their dead bodies, come to the valleys up over the hillsides to the gates. Sure, you can do it too. It's yours. It's for you. It's all. It's for every believer. Don't leave this building tonight without having the Holy Spirit cut away that old blind shackle that stands there. Throw the thing away. Now I believe God walk out of here like a man or a woman, a child of God with a picture in the morning star leading a marching like on the glory. Sure. The devil raised up and say, Well, I thought I had you. Say, I told you you didn't. Walk out on. That's it. Come back up at the next meeting, shake that old head of that old devil that had you bound. Say, look at here. Do you remember me? I was the person that was up there. I was the person that sat here and the doctor said I couldn't live but a two days longer. Here I am yet tonight. Hallelujah. Then somebody say, you know, if she can do it, I can too. So I'll trust him. Hey, man, you know what's the matter tonight? Oh, how the Holy Spirit likes to get into a bunch of people like this now. If you can only realize where you're at. Only realize, not to say in this building you're in Christ. Positionally, everything's yours. All yours belongs to you. Do you now believe? Let's raise our hands as we sing one chorus of the brother. Give us the key on the organ. Not, Lord, I believe, but right now I believe. Everyone with their hands up. Everybody now. All right. shake each other's hands and go home. I believe there'll be many, many healings here tonight. Sure, I believe it. All my heart. Now, if there had to be somebody here for the first time, maybe weak in faith, doesn't understand, we'll call a prayer. Pray for some of the people that you might see. What did Jesus say back there? What was the promise to give, just like he gave to David? He said, the things that I do shall you also. He said, I don't do nothing until I see the Father do it. Whatever the Father shows me that I do. The woman walked to him, began to talk to him. He said, after you talked to her a little while, said, he found her trouble. said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have any. He said, that's right. She got five. She said, you're a prophet. said, I know when Messiah cometh, he'll do that. That's the sign of the Messiah. I said, I'm he that speaks with you. <laughs> the little Philip went out there and he, he got saved and he was having the best time. The kingdom of God was in his heart. He was rejoicing. He went to find his buddy. He looked all around. He went over to the country where he come from. He said, Say, he found Nathaniel out there under a, prayer, under a tree, praying, under the fig tree, praying. Out behind his house, maybe somewhere. Perhaps Mr. Nathaniel said, when he went up, said, 
Don't say, where is Nathaniel? Said <clears throat> he walked out to the fig orchard a while ago. So here comes walking along, looking, Philip looking for Nathaniel. And there was Nathaniel out there on the tree of praying. He heard him coming up and he raised up and he said, well, hello, Philip. Where you been? He said, oh, come here. I want to tell you something. He said, I found somebody. He said, you know what the scripture said in, in the days of this day, what would take place? Jesus of Nazareth said, the son of Joseph is out here and signs and wonders are with him. And we know that he comes from God. He said, where'd you say he was from? He said, Nazareth. He said, well, could any good thing come out of Nazareth? He said, come with me. Just don't ask him where come to go find out. See, he's believing you, think. So he walks up and he went walking up with, here went Philip and Nathaniel walking along, Jesus standing like this, and they walked up into the audience. After a while, Jesus looked around over the audience. He seen Philip standing over there and seen Nathaniel standing there with a lot of curiosity. You know, and he thought, you know, they maybe seen him heal somebody or something. He said, you know, I kind of believe that. Maybe some woman come up and he said, now, lady, you're possessed with certain, certain diseases. And if you thou can't believe, all right, she accepts it. Now I can hear Nathaniel say, now, what about that? Now, wait a minute. I bet he wouldn't know about me. And he looked around and said, behold, an Israelite in whom there's no God. He said, how'd you know me, Rabbi? Oh, he said, before Philip called you when you were under the tree, he said, Thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. Here comes Simon walking up, you know, like that. He said, Why, you're Simon, the son of Arjonas. Arjonas. He said, For from henceforth you'll be called Cephas, or Peter, I mean. He said, You're Cephas, which. He said, But you will be called Peter from now, which means little stone. How did he know him? What do you know about his name? Why, he knew his name, know where he's from? Then he passed by a lot of crippled people. He went over to a man healing down in St. John 5, laying on a pallet, and left all them cripples there. Well, that was questionable. The Jews found this man packing his bed on the Sabbath. So they questioned Jesus. Well, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father doeth, he showeth the Son, and the Son doeth that likewise. The Father worketh, and the Son worketh the other two. See? He said, I don't do nothing myself. I can't do nothing. But what I see the Father doing, that I do likewise. Now that's Jesus of yesterday. That's Jesus of the day. That's the very God of David. For he was the root and the offspring of David. Is that right? He was the morning star. Is that right? He was A to Z. That's Alpha and Omega in the Greek alphabet. A to Z, Alpha, Omega. The beginning and the ending. He which was, which is now, and shall come. The root, the offspring of David. Oh, my. The wonderful counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, everlasting Father. All dwells in him. His brother Egbert says, all God's fullness dwelleth in him. And that's right, in his song, down from his glory. We're going to miss Brother Egbert. God bless his heart. I love him. His singing does something to the meeting. I know he's a true man. God be with him is my prayer till we get to meet again. Now, I don't know where that... Billy, give out. Did you give out that? What was it? All right. Or do you... One to hundred? Well, let's take the first. Let's begin at one, then. B number one. Who has... Now, last night we had a prayer line out in the audience without anybody coming to the platform. And tonight we'll just try to bring some up. This won't be... Who has B number one? Raise your hand. Prayer card B number one. Remember from the testimony? One of them must put your hand on the people. I do not feel the presence, but I maybe find this other way and then can talk to the lady a little later on, maybe or something. If there's if this disease, well, I'll be able to know it. If not, I won't. Will you be in prayer? How do you do, lady? I spoke for strangers to each other. I, I do not know you, never seen you in my life. Is that right? We're perfectly strangers. I just want to take hold of your hand just for a moment. Just put, Yes, ma'am. It's uh, not a spiritual condition. It's a physical condition. And what it is, is a tumor. It's a growth. Now, see, I can pick that up. Let me show you something. Look at my hand. It's just like any man's hand does. Now, I'm going to put my hand on that hand. No difference, is it? Now, let me just put your pocketbook over here on this side. Let me have this hand over here. Put this hand on my hand. No difference, is it? All right, now change again, back this way, just to show you what the Holy Spirit... Now put your hand on mine now. Now look at it. Look at my hand here. Swelling. Little bumps running all over. Is that right? Now you smooth your hand off. Take your hand off. Now I put my hand on it. Now it is and isn't. See, look on this one here. See? 
Not again. Now just place this hand here, your right hand, on my left, and watch what takes place now. Just look at my hand. See there? It's swollen. See them little white things running over it? That shows you got a disease. It's a germ, a, a li- or some other life in you that's not, it's not your life. See? It's another life. There's a life in you. Now, let's talk just for a few minutes to see if the Holy Spirit will diagnose where it's at. See if he'll tell me. If he doesn't, I know it's a tumor. I know it, that's what it is. I can tell the way it pulls. It's a tumor. Is that right? That much? You just answer me. That's right. It's a tumor. All right? Now, maybe now that's one gift work, you see. Now, if the Holy Spirit will grant to me that I cannot say, but if he will, will tell me where it is, uh, where the tumor is. Yes, sir, the tumor's in the breast. Isn't that right? <laughs> now he's here. That's right. You live here in Chicago, and your name is Mrs. A. Erickson. That's right. And you live at an address I see going in. It's called, it's 1653 Need Street. That's Is that true? Right. I go home and get well. <laughs> Have faith. Don't doubt. Have faith in God Almighty. How do you do? Are we strangers, sir? Are you believing there, my brother? Have faith. Let's have your hand on the Between you and I stands a life. You have weakness, it's true. But you're here for something else. A greater thing than yours. Just a man of your age should have a little kidney trouble and prostrate, making you nervous at night and getting up and so forth. You have that. But there's something else because it just keeps moving, pulling to me. Isn't that right? You're wanting, you believe God can reveal to me what's your trouble? You believe that with all your heart? If he will, will you accept it, whatever it is, no matter if it's to move away, if it's to get a new home, or it's whatever it is. You believe if your desire is great enough and standing in his presence, if he'll reveal to me what your... I couldn't heal you, or I couldn't give you what you're after, but God can. You believe that? Now I can only act as his servant. Is that right? It's someone you're here for, it's close to you. It's a, it's a son. Yeah. It's your boy. Yeah. And that boy has something wrong with his eyes. His yeah. stigmatism, the doctor said. The boy's not with you, he's at home. Yeah. The boy has some kind of spell. Before, it's epilepsy. Yeah. You know, and he's just kind of a little bit mental retarded. Yeah. Is, isn't that right? You believe you're going to receive what you yeah. ask for? All right, then go home and lay your hand on the child. Yeah. And yeah. Believe God. Bow your head just a minute. The woman's got a deaf spirit on her. Sir, bow your head just a minute. Great Jehovah God, who made the heavens and earth, all things in them is. I do not know how bad this woman is. Her ears are, but thou art here and can heal her. I pray that you'll grant it. Make thy spirit to come upon her now and make her well. I now ask that this devil that binds her in the form of, of deafness come out of the woman. I charge thee by the Lord Jesus Christ, believer. You hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> Not only that, that you might know now. Your hearing's to you. You had a female trouble also, didn't you? It's gone from you. You accept that, do you? It seems strange about you. You're between you and I is rolling green waters. You've come from some. You've come. You're you're a missionary, and you come here from. You're from China. You minister to yellow people, Chinese, and you're wanting to ask me a question, and you're wanting to ask me whether you should think about going back or not. That's true. Now you believe that you're going to go back normally and be well. Go on your road and rejoice. Have faith. Have faith. 
Yes, sir. Stomach trouble. Very bad. Seriously. Let me have your hand again. Oh, yeah. Very bad stomach trouble. <clears throat> Only God can save you now. You believe it? How would I know you had stomach trouble but put my hand on yours? That is exactly right, my brother. You believe you're going to get well? Your first name's Alan, isn't it? Your last name's Grubbs, isn't that right? God bless you. You come from Waukegan, Illinois. Go back and eat your supper. <laughs> Female trouble. You believe you're going to get well? I want to ask you something. When you left the chair back there a few minutes ago, something happened, didn't it? Now go ahead home, rejoice, and go on thanking God for being happy. <laughs> Ladies, trouble, arthritis, many things wrong. You believe that Jesus Christ will make you well? I believe it too, my sister. Heavenly Father, I bless this woman. In the name of the Lord Jesus, and now may the Holy Ghost go to her, and may the blessing that she has asked for be granted in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go on your road rejoicing. Do you believe? Between you and I comes blood streaming, turning white. Well, the cause of that, you got diabetes. Diabetes is running you blind. You believe you're going home to be cured of diabetes and get your sight? You believe you're standing not in your brother's presence, but his presence? I bless thee, my brother, and drive this thing away from you in the name of Jesus Christ. Go on. Happy rejoicing, believing with all your heart. What if I told you you were healed when you were sitting right there in a chair? Would you believe with all your heart? God bless you, How do you do, sir? You believe me to be... <clears throat> be reverent, everyone, just a moment. You're here for somebody. It's your wife. There's something wrong in her back. There's spinal trouble. That woman's got arthritis in the back sitting right there. Right back there with the pink looking waist on. Yes. But it's not your wife. You've got arthritis in your back and I could see you standing your face pulling. The lady sitting next to you there has arthritis also. And the lady right behind you has arthritis. The lady in the white. Is that right, lady? Stand up, all three of you. Go. God bless you. That's what that demon was pulling at you, see? You're going to find your wife different. Don't have no trouble. And you've got a rectal trouble, haven't you? Go believe in God now and be well, my brother. God bless thee in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Diabetes is a bad thing, but Jesus Christ is the healer. You believe it? You accept it? And in the name of Jesus Christ, go and be made well. Have faith. The colored lady sitting right back there has a little red dress on. Seems like it's holding over. You got a prayer card, lady? You haven't, or have you, you haven't got a prayer card? The lady right back there, glasses on. You don't have a prayer card? Stand up just a minute if you don't. Do you believe with all your heart? You do with all your heart? Believe Jesus Christ will heal you? You're fixing for an operation. You know that, didn't you? Got a ruptured appendage. 
Isn't that right? But Jesus Christ will make you well if you believe it. Lay your hand over on that lad, set that man sitting in front of you there, because he's suffering with a nervous trouble sitting out there. Right there, Lord Jesus, I've condemned the devil that's rebuked in Jesus Christ's name. Leave him. Amen. Amen. Bring the lady. Oh, children of the living God, don't you realize that your Lord Jesus is here? Not your brother, but your Savior. Have faith. We're strangers, lady. That is true. Bow your head just a moment. Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus, take away this spirit of deafness from the woman that she can hear good and plain again. Almighty Father, I rebuke this devil in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Just a moment. I just want to test your hearing. Can you hear me all right now? Can you hear me now? You're hard hearing. I want to ask you something. You believe the service tonight? Now, I can let the woman go on, but something keeps moving me to her. There's something different. Let's see your hand just a minute. No. You believe me to be his servant? Yeah. You believe that the secrets of all hearts is disclosed before God, that he knows all about it? Yeah. You believe that Jesus Christ is standing here, the one that gave me this suit of clothes and was wearing it tonight, as far as healing, he's already healed you. But he would know what you're... That deep something on you that's making you desire. Yeah. You had uh, something wrong in the stomach. It was a growth. Is that right? It's dead. It's gone from you. I keep seeing a little boy standing by you something. Oh, it's a little boy. You've got a little boy with you. And, but it's not your boy. It's your little nephew. That's right. He can't, uh, you can't stand him to school because he's got bad tonsils. Isn't that right? Go lay that handkerchief on him. You get well. You believe? Let's receive the Lord Jesus right now. Where are you at? Elected, called, anointed, placed in Christ. Sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you now believe? Rise up to your feet, then receive your healing. Every one of you. Oh, God of heaven, I rebuke every demon in Jesus Christ's name. Come out of them in the name of Jesus Christ.